On today's show, what would it take for you to make a trade for Russell Westbrook to come back to the Dallas Mavericks? Or what about Kyrie Irving? And we'll tell you why this is more a conversation about building for right now or for the far future. We'll talk about all that and more coming up on today's Like I'm Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment your team every day below. Also, answer this question in the comments below. What would it take for you to entertain a Russell Westbrook trade to the Mavericks? Let us know, because I think it's a bigger conversation. Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the Westbrook wonder. The one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? We're on day, I don't know, like 50 of just waiting on Durant, Mitchell. (laughs) I know. Anything. Have we all just like collectively turned the page at this point? I'm, just... I'm guessing Sean Marks is just like, did everybody forget? Everyone forgot, right? I don't have to trade him. We can just keep him. Keep Durant. Uh, shout out to Woj's tweet over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. News. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to Woj's tweet. Starting that tweet with Brooklyn Nets. I'm like, Woj, you know exactly what you're doing. When you, when you typed out that tweet, starting with Brooklyn <laughs> Nets, you know. Like there's so many people with the push notification, but <laughs> Dallas bring or uh, the Mavs bringing in a uh, a Plano guy. Brooklyn Nets director of scouting Matt Riccardi is joining the Dallas Mavericks in a senior front office role. Sources God tell bless. ESPN, do you like my do you like my breaking news? <laughs> I used that for the trade deadline. I thought I might as well use it since we're deep in the off season and haven't had news in weeks. It's like CNN, like every like ten minutes they run this with like the red blinker across the screen it's like <laughs> a dog crossed the street today wasn't it a story recently that cnn said that they were gonna do that less and that was like a big story that traveled around where like we're gonna do breaking news less it's giving people too much anxiety oh is yeah. it is it cnn uh but ricardi spent 13 years with the nets advancing from an intern he grew up in the dallas area and uh and yeah a bunch of people were excited about that he had his hand in the drafting of like uh, Jared Allen and guys like that. And so that's that's pretty exciting for the Mavericks to bring in somebody like that. It's a front office role. Who knows what, what role he's going to have, but that was news over the weekend. But Din- Dinwiddie guy, too, and a little, little connection with, uh, with Baker. There you go. Andrew Baker in the front office, who's the Mavs cap guy now. But today I want to talk about the I want to talk about Russell Westbrook a little bit. And not because Russell Westbrook would be an incredible fit next to Luka Doncic or because he would make the Mavericks better in any way. But I think... Russell Westbrook. It seems like the Lakers and Westbrook are headed towards a divorce in just, you know, the most really? obvious way. It's it's you, everybody knows that couple where you're like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> they, think, they're not going to work. I, at I all. don't think it's going to work. Everybody knows that couple or has that couple in their family or somebody where you're like, I'm just counting down the days until one of them figures it out. But but this is the equivalent though of that couple like they went off to college and it was just you know it just wasn't good for either one of them and now they're bre- they're back on Christmas break after the first semester and you're like <laughs> y'all have to break up now like you can't go into next semester 
We're staying together. This Go, is where they're at. Going to Summer League and everyone talking to LeBron, all the Lakers coming up to LeBron, and the only Laker that didn't talk to LeBron was Russell Westbrook. That literally happened at Summer League. And that I was the, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the Isaac on Team Westbrook for the first time ever. Um, that's the equivalent of like go, both going to a party, but going separately and not talking to each other at the party. Basically, yeah. it's basically yeah. like what happened. And I don't know, or the, or the family function. You don't talk at the family function, like the Christmas or the reunion or Thanksgiving, whatever. But I think Russell Westbrook is he's definitely available, right? That they're going to it seems yeah. like they're going to trade him. He's been out there in trade talks. And so if they don't get Kyrie, if the Lakers don't get Kyrie in a trade, if the Lakers don't get the Miles Turner Buddy Heald combo, if they go to other lengths and they try other combinations of trades and they just want to get rid of him, they just want to get him off their books. What would it take for the Mavericks to entertain that? Now, uh, ESPN reporter Tim McMahon was asked about this on his podcast, and he said he got a very quick hell no from the Mavericks as far as bringing back Russell Westbrook. So this is pretty hypothetical, but I think it it brings up a conversation about what the Mavericks are building towards. Um, but yeah, so a, a trade for West, Russell Westbrook will kind of start like this. It's basically centered around, and we've mentioned we've talked about this on this podcast before, and, and many others have. It's Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and Dwight Powell. For Russell Westbrook, like that just works. I think you're. Ta- I think the Mavericks are taking back like six hundred thousand more dollars than they're sending out, which for the Mavericks probably matters a little bit, but not too much in the grand scheme of things. And so that that trade works just straight up. Players like no picks, no anything else. Um, let's just start there. Would you do that? Would you think about that? Yeah. And- well, you you texted me earlier earlier today and like, hey, what about a pod on Kyrie and Russ and and Dallas? And I'm like. This is like equivalent to asking of like, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? Jack in the box or like taco bueno? Like, no, no, no. Just know. the jack in the box like taco. Just <laughs> <laughs> like both of these suck. But um no, that's the basis of you know, we all saw the bleacher report, you mm-hmm. know, anytime bleacher report does a fake trades, you know, people love to like run with them. And, you know, it had a little bit more things in that. Obviously the Lakers first round picks and Reggie Bullock for Dallas. But like the framework that you were talking about. For Dallas, you know, you would view this trade as just a just a money free and a flexibility, you know, future flexibility type of move that you're trading. You're getting off the long term contracts of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Davis Bertans. You're trading out that expiring of Dwight and you're saying, hey, we'll take back the expiring contract of Russell Westbrook. However, you want to talk about a basketball fit wise. I don't even think it's not even about the basketball fit like if he was willing, there's a fit that if he was willing to come off the bench and just be the bench guy, but let's just say they like bought him out and you just do this trade just for cap flexibility. And you say, Isaac, why do you do that for cap flexibility? Who cares? Like Dallas doesn't do anything in free agency, you know, all the, all the stuff we've heard a million <laughs> times. Well, what are you trying to do right now? Because we, when I did the uh, Q and a with Austin Gurria back a week and a half ago, whatever, somebody asked a question through DMS and I thought it was a great question. And they said, hey, if you're Nico Harrison, what's your goal right now for the next three seasons? Like, is it try to get draft picks? Is it what what is it? And I answer that question by saying, my goal is back to square one of you gotta find number two next to Luca. Yeah. They tried with KP, it didn't work. Now you have one more like big shot at it of finding a number two guy next to Luca. And they're n- they don't have it now. So what is your pathway to get there? Can you stay good enough, but also Cre- create assets to have to be in your arsenal to go and get a guy 
And that's, that's why I would lean towards doing this deal. Because if you do that deal, you immediately go into next off season with $92 million in guaranteed contracts. So you have roughly $30 million in cap space for next summer. You have expiring contracts in Dinwiddie and Reggie. You basically just have Luca Dorian and, you know, Jane Hardy under contract, like long-term at that point, you just have, it opens up the door to, Hey, you have a lot of flexibility, what you could do next summer, free agency trades, more draft picks to trade, all of that to try to go get number two while also staying really good at the same time for this year. And so, yeah, if you just start with the trade, simply put just players, three players for one player and try and say, why would the Lakers do that? Well, they just want to get off Westbrook. Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably is definitely a better fit than Russell Westbrook. He's at least yeah. going to bring back shooting for them. They have no shooting. I watch, I listened to Locked On Lakers the other day, and Brian Kamenetsky said, he said, LeBron James is the best shooter on the Lakers. And I stopped for a second, whatever I was doing, and I just looked over my TV that I had Locked On Lakers on, and I said, there's no way. And he started to go through the roster, and he's like, Austin Reeves, not as good of a shooter as you think he is. Like, Anthony Davis, not good. Like, you start going through the roster, just they don't have very good shooters. Tim Hardaway Jr. would step in day one and be the best shooter. Davis Bertans yeah. also would be their, another great shooter for him. Uh, maybe they do something with, with Dwight. Maybe they wave him. Dwight the, would be their best. He's I was going to say, yeah, they probably Brown, keep maybe. him because he was touting the Damian Jones signing that they did this offseason. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> Dwight would come in and probably be one of the best uh, options at center if they wanted to do that. So it makes sense from a Lakers perspective just to get off of Westbrook. But then you mentioned that Bleacher Report trade idea. And this is, what's, this is what inspired me to talk about this is what if you built on it? What if you built on it and then Mavericks can answer two things at once? once in acquiring future assets as well as acquiring some more cap space so let's talk about that coming up how the mavericks could do that what they're what we would weigh what the mavericks would be weighing with a decision like this so we'll talk about all that coming up but before we do let me tell you about built bar it's a protein bar tastes like a candy bar Ooh, peanut butter is back it's big on the front page of the website right now calling all peanut butter leverage peanut butter is back made with real peanut butter and peanut chunks so you can get peanut butter brownie right now or just regular peanut butter. Get them in a bundle. You can bundle them right now. Uh, so go check it out. Built, built Bar, 100, 180 calories, 19 grams of protein. Just looks like it's five grams of sugar nice. on there. It's pretty good. That's pretty good in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. They're delicious. My parents are visiting this weekend. They tried them for the first time, and they said, Ooh, this is too sugary for me. And I told them the amount of sugar in it, and they're just they're blown away by the lack of sugar that was in the bar, but how good it tasted at the same time. So go check it out. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, LOCKED15 to 15% off your entire order at built.com. All right, Isaac Harris, we are getting into a Russell potential Russell Westbrook, and then we'll talk about Kyrie Irving a little bit later. But what a Russell Westbrook trade would look like. And we started with this. We started with... All right, Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, Dwight Powell for, for Russell Westbrook straight up. I think for me, the Lakers may have to throw in that first. And if they can throw in a first, then all of a sudden that's a home run deal. It's a it's a real home run deal for the Mavericks if they if they decide to do that from a from a uh, an asset accumulation perspective. Because then you get another first round pick that you can send out in a deal. You clear that cap space. But Bleacher Report took it even a step further. And I think it was uh Greg Schwartz from Bleacher Report that put this together. He put together a bunch of different trade ideas, and this is um, the the Lakers would or the Mavericks would actually send out Tim Davis and Reggie Bullock instead of of uh, of Westbrook, and the Lakers would send Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves, a 2027 first and a 2029 first, the two first round picks that they don't 
seem to want to send out for Kyrie right now in the West in a Westbrook trade, but they would do it in this situation. They're getting Bullock. They're getting Tim Hardaway They're I guess they get Davis too. Um, but what, what do you think about that potential deal? It's really interesting. I mean, naturally as a Mavs fan, you look at it and say, dude, I don't want to give up Reggie at all. Um, because you're not getting any rotation pieces back. Um, but then it just comes down to, all right, you're getting two first round picks. And if you go back to the logic, I was saying, well, I'll go of, all right, how can you stay really good this year to where you're like, you're still good for Luca. You're not tanking and all that to keep the top 10, you know, and protect the pick and all that stuff. How can you stay really good, be a playoff team, but also start to set the table for, we got to, we got to try to get the second star next to Luca. A trade like this gives you that ammunition because you are shedding long-term money. You're creating cap space and you're adding two first round picks that could be valuable here in a you know, handful of years. With this trade, if it's if it's Reggie Bullock instead of Dwight, you create ten more million dollars for next for next season because Reggie's on the books, and then uh, you get those two first, right? So then all of a sudden you're creating you have max cap space, and you could also probably trade for uh, for a star player, right? Then all of a sudden you're talking about oh boy, here we go. Don't do it. You have space for two. Like you have space for two max oh, no. contracts or, or however you could get like the, it, it's op, it's options. Right. And it's, it's opportunity. And uh, I, that one, that one's really interesting to me. I hate the idea of losing Reggie Bullock, but now you're talking about the, the big question. Are you, are you building for right, th- right now? Th- or, or you're like, okay, I'd rather have Tim than Westbrook. Uh, and I would rather have Tim and Bullock than Westbrook. Obviously, obviously you would rather have that. But are you building for that? Are you building for right now? And what can this team do right now? We've been talking about it for months, right? What this what we think this team can do right now. They didn't necessarily get super worse, but they didn't get much better over the offseason. We saw what they're capable of. We'll see in the playoffs if it's if it pans out that way. But in this scenario, you clear cap space, you get those picks, you can go and really make a good run at whatever next star comes available and i don't think the mavericks can do that right now as currently constructed with their assets that they have yeah i mean you would you know even like let's say they do that deal what does the the lineup look like starting lineup you see it i mean christian wood would step into the starting lineup and it's like luca dinwiddie dorian christian wood javel mcgee you lose some you know you obviously lose the depth in that because then you're asking a lot of Jaden hardy maxi off the bench mm-hmm. and just kind of going from there you're still Good. If you stay healthy, you're still pretty good. You're winning a lot of games probably still. Are you expecting Westbrook to be playing or to not be playing? No, no. I, I yeah. just So you definitely get worse with this trade. You definitely get worse with it. So um that's why man, it's tough. Yeah, it, it's tough, but you would get it from like an asset standpoint of like you're loading up for one more shot. One more I say one more shot, but like one more shot before Luca's, you know, you're gonna have one more big swing at it to where you can throw multiple first multiple players in that expirings and all of that a kp type of trade um i think when you go back to that first deal i think there's probably Mavs fans listening to that first deal saying dude you only do that if like lakers have to put in a first you only do that to get lakers first well think about it though like you see the lakers uh you know the utah trades like russ to utah utah for some of those expiring guys well those guys are expiring so like yeah. Utah what doesn't want to take any money, any long-term money back. They're like, for Utah, why are you why are you even doing that deal? Why are you even giving up Beverly and expiring contracts for another expiring? So, like, you're only doing that if you get draft capital back. Dallas is doing it to get long-term cap flexibility back. So I, that's why 
it's it's hold on wait was that was that that's the sound of a million Mavs fans just completely cringing at the sound of dry powder or but that's the reason why you do not it getting any, like, not getting any assets but getting like cleared up like salary cap space but but that's the reason you do that's the difference between a Utah and a Dallas yeah. you know that's why they have to attach the first you know two first to get a guy like Kyrie you know it, to to the Lakers and stuff so that's why I think if if it's there if it came down to yeah that's why it, it just depends on what Dallas would prioritize in that and some of you probably listen to saying dude why are you even talk about Russ it's the, like there's no links to Dallas all this different stuff. Well, because there's only so many players out there that we know are 100% on the trading block. And we do a pod every single day. And it's this part of the No, but and, so and would answer questions for the Mavericks and would answer potentially, like, what's their path to another star? This would be a path to another star. Not that Westbrook yeah. is the star, but that you would get the assets back or get the cap space back. Look what look what the Knicks just did with cap space, right? Like the Knicks just went and got a player with cap space. They basically just cleared all of it and then were able to sign Brunson. And the Mavericks need to be able to do that on a larger scale, right? And 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 do that in a much bigger um in a much bigger way with potential hopefully draft picks that they that they get and the cap space and all that cuz they need somebody else next to Luca. It just is there is there any world in which they do one of these trades and Russ plays? I mean, there's there's some kind of world there. I just <laughs> I don't see any world in which he would start. I think it would have to take some divine intervention of <laughs> like Jason Kidd working his like true him and Nico working cool. the true magic of hey come in here do like. Chris Paul went to OKC and kind of rehabbed his image. All of that, like coming here, come off the bench, be a six man. Like this just hurts my soul. Even I'm not, trying to I'm talk not about falling it. for it. I'm not falling for it. I'm nope, just nope. saying, Luke, like I'm, 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 I'm loose or uh, I'm how? Charlie Brown and you're Lucy with the football and you're holding it and you're about to pull it away from me. And I'm like, nope, I'm not running. I'm not going to go. How, kick how the would football. the league and NBA Twitter react if Nico and Jason Kidd pulled that oh. off and it and it worked? And he came in well, and, and was six man and like killed it, played his role, ultimate teammate. And it was like, holy crap, he really did change. Like, that would be wild. Nico it's Harrison would be but. considered, Nico Harrison and or Jason Kidd would be considered a wizard. Also, we have to remember the owner of the Mavericks said that Russell Westbrook at the peak of his powers was not a superstar. Um, yes, that yes. has to be considered in a play. I don't know if this Mavericks front office and ownership group is going to uh, coax the best out of this Russell Westbrook. How soon would Cuban be asked about that? And Russ like, Oh, day one as, as, as soon as humanly possible. When's Cuban's next interview, right? Like, uh, is he going on Moneyball again? Is he coming on this show? Like, where is he coming on next? <laughs> Loyal listener of the pod, Mark Cuban. Like, when is he coming on next? Um, I mean, why not? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Satnam. Shame. Shame on you. Shame on you for that joke. Um, but coming up, let's talk about Kyrie Irving a little bit and then the contrast of the two, the long-term play of going after a star like this or just going for right now and playing for um, this season and just trying to get incrementally better. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, we've been talking about a potential Russell Westbrook deal. Can I ask you one question? If you're the Lakers, if you're the Lakers and let's just say those three deals were on the table, let's say it's like Beverly Bogdanovich 
and and you have to trade Westbrook and at least one of the unprotected first. Then it's Kyrie and two unprotected, and then it's Dallas for Tim Bertans and Dwight. No first. What are you doing if you're the Lakers? Yeah, so you do. So you're sending no first to the Mavericks, one first to the Jazz, and two first to the Nets, right? Like if you're yeah, if you're tearing for tearing these trades off. Yeah, but you're obviously getting the best player in Kyrie of Brooklyn. Well, they, I think if they were going to give up two picks, they would already have done the Kyrie deal, right? Like it feels like the Kyrie yeah. deal would already be done if they were going to give up both firsts. Uh, but I think I would do that one. The two just get for Kyrie. Kyrie. I think I think Kyrie, the Kyrie's obviously the best player on that, but you do need some depth. So maybe I would do the Jazz trade because Beverly and Bogdanovich are the best players that you're like the best depth pieces that you're getting. Yeah. In that group, Bogdanovich becomes clearly the best shooter. Be- Beverly's not a slouch as a shooter either. Does that, it matter that at all that good. both of those dudes could like walk for nothing to where if you got Tim, like you know you have a, a like a, a marksman shooter next to LeBron and AD for the next few years? I don't think he's good enough to All right, cool. get super so excited about-, about it. If you're the Lakers to get super excited about giving up assets to bring him in. For the Mavericks, like he's good enough to play his role and is going to be good, but yeah. All right, let's talk about Kyrie, your favorite player. <laughs> what about what about Kyrie though? Cuz for Kyrie, the Mavericks would have to give up a draft pick to get him. But he is he yeah. is potentially available. It seems like he is available. And that led me down the the the, the thought process of, okay, well, well the Mavericks building for right now and you want to just try and get whatever you can as quickly as possible or would you rather go for the long-term deal of, all right, let's do the Westbrook deal and then maybe at trade deadline this year, we get the second star. Or at the draft next year, we get the second star then. And kind of punt on this year. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's the route you look at. It's like, all right, Westbrook, you get an asset or more flexibility. If you try to pursue a Kyrie trade, you're going for more of a, hey, we're swinging for our ceiling with Kyrie is like you're in the championship. And that's the that's the reasoning if you swing for a Kyrie and obviously they don't you know they ever reporting out there says they're not going to go for Kyrie but you're saying if we're just the Mavericks comparing, are not going to trade for Kyrie no yeah if we're just comparing you know Russ to Kyrie in this and it's like all right like it, it just can't could you get Kyrie you're going to have to give up at least the first the future first could you get Kyrie without giving up any of your starters to where like any combination of you know, one or you know, a couple of the bench well, guys and a first for Kyrie. Money rise, money wise, just Tim and Bertans works. So then you're 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 giving up that first, not just to get Kyrie, but to give them like salary, like to clear up the salary. And Kyrie's expiring as well. So maybe it works and you sign him, or you lose him for nothing, and then you still have that cap space that you can use. You just have less first to do it. Like you just have less first to use going forward than you would in a potential Westbrook deal. Yeah, and it and it's so hard to know like what Brooklyn would want for for Kyrie. Like yeah, how is. much of it is dependent on Durant and what they get back for him. They obviously don't have their picks because they're going to Houston. So like they don't really have an incentive to suck. Cause because let's be real, they they've shopped Kyrie, right? Like they have shopped Kyrie yeah. and they only have they only have leverage over the Lakers because the Lakers are so stuck in their situation. They wouldn't necessarily have leverage over the Mavericks. And so I don't like the Mavericks wouldn't have to give up multiple firsts like the Lakers would. It's just it's so complicated how these like how the market works for these players sometimes. Um but also while Dallas could outbid the Lakers though. If it was like a Dallas versus Lakers for Kyrie, Dallas could outbid them. 
Yeah, if it got that far, I just don't know if I trust yeah. Kyrie enough to try and outbid whatever the whatever, no, 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 whatever no. the Lakers give up. Um, but, but, but you also have to think. Okay, well, what if the Kyrie thing does work? I know it's a long shot. I know it's a long shot, and we're going for it. But are you drinking the Kool Aid? If, if it does work out, what if the Earth is flat? If it does work out, and it's as flat as can be, and then all of a sudden that's your answer. That's your second star. That would. I mean that works. Him and like Luca and Kyrie would create a, a crazy good offense together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like one of the biggest like potential like what is of like if you could get Kyrie for cheap. It's what the Lakers are doing right now. It's like yeah, if right. They're doing Kyrie. We would have you know. It's like if you could get Kyrie for a couple of the bench pieces and a first, and you're saying now here we go. If he's healthy, if he's invested, if he's bought in, you know, like all of that. Which, you know, they're not doing the trade if, you know, it's not Nico kid, everybody's signing off on it and he's looking at it like, yeah, let me Nike go. Nike connection. <laughs> Nike, let's go. Um, but you look at a basketball fit and you're like, all right, like, let's take 30 seconds here and talk talk ourselves into a basketball fit. He's played with a guy like Luca, a big playmaker, ball handler, Luca, LeBron, all of that. And if you're like, dude, if you could roll out a lineup of like peak, you know, peak ish Kyrie with Luca. Dorian, Reggie on the wing, and then your Christian Wood or Javel at the center spot. Like, if if you told me going into the playoffs that you're getting fully invested, fully healthy, fully bought in Kyrie, which you can't guarantee that at all. I get it's that. It's too many ifs. <laughs> I know it's too many ifs. Like, like that's why it's like, yeah, like why are y'all listening to the podcast right now? Just turn, <laughs> just tur- just turn it off. Too like, many ifs. We already got the view and download. It's good. But, I, but I, I think outside of the outside of the names, Westbrook and Kyrie, it brings us down a, a philosophical argument. Are you would you be OK with taking a step back for next season in order to take a bigger step forward in the season after next or ha- like a trade deadline this season? I am going back to the Westbrook thing. I would I would be willing to do that Westbrook trade because the one with no you, firsts. The one with no first, because yeah. you look at it, Bertans and Dwight, they're not playing. So there, so then you look at Tim for Russ and it's like, are you willing to sacrifice the, the impact that Tim will have off the bench? The 18 minutes a game. I know some people that aren't willing to do that. Oh, I know that and are very like, into Tim and really think he's going to have a real bounce back year this year. Yes, yes, and including Greg St. Jean that was on the That's pod true. talking about it was their big free agent Including sign. Nico Harrison, is that the same so, thing? <laughs> but if you're willing to swap that out or say, hey, there's another guy we can go get a trade for or sign or whatever to give us 60% of what Tim would give us for the chance of, hey, now we're clearing up $30 million in cap for next summer. Now, like we have more flexibility going into the next offseason to where can you still stay good? Like, is there a path that they can make that? I think there's a pathway that they can make that trade, clear, create more flexibility in, you know, a year from now, but also stay good enough to where you're making the playoffs. Like no one's picking this team as currently constructed to be in the finals. I'm sorry. They're, they're not. The Mavericks, so it's no. like, yeah, this Mavericks team as currently constructed. So. Nobody picked them to win the first round last year. (laughs) You know, some would say they overachieved and even the coach, (laughs) even the coach. Yeah, I know that's what I was (laughs) Um, But that's why I would do it. I would do the trade. I would say Westbrook. It's been real. Let's find a buyout number. And 
you just create a ton of cap space and there you go. My thing is, I think you... Because because the path to the second star is the number one goal for me right now. Yes. That's the number yep. one goal. Yep. Unless you're getting the firsts, unless you're getting a first or multiple first in that, the Reggie Bullock, like Austin Reeves, multiple first deal, the, the Bleacher Report one, unless you're doing that, I can't do it because... I, why not? I need I need something tangible to bring back that actually is building towards something. If you're gonna do one of these, take a step back this year to take a step a big step forward. I have to have some kind of tangible assets in order to take a step forward. So Tim's with, 16 minutes off the bench next season is like getting them to the finals. It's not, but you're still taking a step back. And this team, I don't know if this team can afford to That's take just a step back. It's a small back. step, though. Okay, so what if so they they've they don't have like to- the two, like the two first one, and you're giving up Reggie, who's going to play like 35 minutes a night. Yeah, losing him is a massive blow. You just made the conference finals without Tim, so it's like I think Tim's going to have a role off the bench for sure. But like, I don't think it's that big of a step back. To say, like Bertans and Dwight, they're not playing, so it's like I don't think it's that big of a step back to say, oh, we're not going to have Tim again next year. Yeah, it's. It's not as big of a step back. I'm not you saying, lost Brunson. Not, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, you you yeah. also lost Brunson, but I'm not saying the step back is that big. But you're still taking a slight step back. And, like Luca, <laughs> a slight step, step back. back. No, Luca step backs are not slight. Some just of them, drive. I guess, some of them are. Just, just drive for it, man. Just drive. But you are taking a slight step back. It's not. It's it's less about the the step back than it is about. Just getting cap space is such a theoretical asset sometimes. And I know yeah. that Mavs fans, and I know that you listening, probably think the same thing at a certain point because they've tried that. Um, SJ did me the did me the great favor <laughs> of quote tweeting oh, no. one of my tweets from 2018. Is it, what is she searching to June find? June 30, she said, don't me don't, she said, don't ask me how I found this, but and then she did the upside down emoji. I tweeted this June 30th, 2018, so four years ago. (laughs) This one-year deal for DeAndre Jordan means the Mavericks keep their cap sheet almost entirely clean for next summer. Player options for Harrison Barnes and Dwight Powell, rookie deals for Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka, they could have enough room for two max spots with Kawhi, Kyrie, Durant, LeBron, Clay, etc. on the market. That was four years ago. Now, yeah. lots has happened since then. The Mavericks have a new yeah. coach, which we think is a, a much bigger deal than some people make it out to be because people want to play for Jason Kidd, and I don't think they wanted to play for Rick Carlisle that much. Nico Harrison is a much different GM and president of basketball operations than Donnie Nelson. Luka Doncic is, is you know, way further four years into his um, four years into his his career and has been to a Western Conference final. So this team is definitely more appealing than it was. But to do the powder dry again to potentially do what they did in, the, in that summer uh, is just that's just it's too risky for me. I need something tangible to to take a step forward with. You you just got. For me, it's like, yeah, that stuff happened in the past, but like, it doesn't mean that you're saying oh, we can't let that happen again. Like, you still got to take chances at it. You still got to take swings at it. And even with this new group, like, if you can create it and it not cost a ton, like, why not? You can always do- make trades. You have cap space. You'll have more picks then. It's like, all right. Like, I would just rather take that flexibility to find, like, the path to the second star is easier that way than if you don't do it. And because, yeah. But oh well, this is a gross podcast. Like <laughs> I, the fact that we just spent like talking about Kyrie and Russ in Dallas is just 
That's why I try to make it more about a theoretical, like philosophical conversation than just about Russ himself. And we never even, we only really talked, you were the only one that really talked about Russ playing on the team. And you went as far (laughs) as to say, what if they could talk if Russ? I mean, yeah, we could just like throw out theoretical hypotheticals all the time, throw it at the wall, see what sticks, and then just claim it if it ever happens. I'm telling you, this trade is going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come back and clip this when the Westbrook trade happens. Who would do that? Nobody would do that. There you go. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow with our Tier Tuesday, ranking more stuff in uh, the NBA with, with the Mavericks. And then we're going to continue our what if. Uh, Lucas Trainer had a comment. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about that on Wednesday. So I am too. I can't wait. Check back in with us then. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Go check out Locked On NBA with Jackson Gatlin, interviewing three great uh, hosts. I don't know who they are, but I know that he does a great job every single week on Monday on Locked On NBA. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Uh, boom!